One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Bleeding on the Page. I am Samuel Jones and with me as always is Max Bardsley. How are you doing, Max? Yeah, I'm good. I was surprised to see you arrive at the studio stinking of booze. <laughs> Let me know that you've just gone to the pub. I got here half an hour early. How many pints did you get down you? Seven. <laughs> and is that a bit of in, in, in the front space of, you? of half an hour? Yeah. Well, and I've got a white Russian here as well. I'm um, I'm pissed as a fart. I'm drunk as an as an as an ent. I mean, the ent also tell the, the listeners about your new tattoo on your forehead. I've got a tattoo that says "damaged." Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I am. Because yeah. did you like that? It's, it's a clever segue. It's not bad for an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not bad for someone who can barely sit. And how are you? <laughs> no, this is not true. I've had I had one cheeky drink before I came. No, in. no, I'm just good I'm for me. Teasing, I'm it was teasing. good for me. I get very tense in these podcast know, situations. You're a very dominating personality. <laughs> You're a very you know you put a lot of you pressure on me. You up like a cashew. Yeah. And you should he- see <laughs> Sam in these podcast setups. He stares at me. His brow furrowed. His lips pursed. That's right. And it, it's just nothing but negative energy. And I couldn't believe that the moment we got into the recording studio, that's the vibe you give me as a friend of mine of 10 years. It was a, friend, it was a friendly jape. <laughs> it's been a friendly jape for well, weeks. The, the, okay. the reason why I'm a bit more cynical, a little bit, bit more, more aggressive, a little bit more, you know, you know, a bit uh, more psychopathic yeah. is because of the new hit movie Joker. Joker. It's the Joker. Joker. It's the big movie we're all talking about. Joker. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Did you Dark have a Knight neutral opinion or on Batman? It? Jack Nicholson Who's or the Jared best Leto? Joker? Who's we're the best? Down our top four jokers. Top four right. jokers. From right now, in your mind, do your top, top four, four jokers. Animated Joker doesn't count. What? No, it Forget must do. Mark Hamill. I know he's good, but just like okay. let's keep it simple. We're gonna do live action. Yeah. Um, top jokers. four. Top now. four jokers. Number four. Number four. I just. Can only be do one. You know, I'm thinking about like the right decision to make, and I'm like, they're all bait because you can go mm, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's the best. Heath Ledger is probably the best. Yeah, Joker. you just don't want to sound you know, like mainstream. that dickhead. It's like every everyone's always praising Heath Ledger on his performance of the Joker, but oh. I want to be contrary and say Jared Leto's number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so he gave a vibe. Uh, top four Jokers goes goes uh, Heath Ledger. Uh, second to that, I do I do think Joaquin Phoenix actually he deserves, deserves that the second spot. Two spot. He does, he does. He, he he worked hard. You can tell he worked hard as an actor. So second spot, Jared Leto. Uh, what, then Jared third Leto spot, now. You've fuck, just sorry, got rid no, of no. Joaquin it's Phoenix. Two names with the J. You n- are a fickle man. I can't. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got Joaquin Phoenix in number two spot. Then we've got. We we've got the Nicholson Joker, yeah, yeah. Um, but I also think like maybe him and Joaquin are matched in some yeah, ways. Yeah. Uh, but then obviously last we've got um, the Jared Leto Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who, I would agree with your ranking. I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah. To be honest, Jared Leto was was a tough tough. Co- I I just feel bad for the guy at this point. <laughs> it's I know, like you did a very sympathetic he, tweet, which I got did, a lot of a lot I of was likes. So happy. I was like, yeah. yes. Uh, but um, yeah, it was it is sad though because he he did come in. <laughs> He put in. He did put in a lot of work. Poor guy. I know. Like, you he can was tell sending he worked people on rats and condoms. <laughs> Used Johnny's. He, like, he was like, "I am Yoker. I'm Yoker. It's me, Yoker. I'm Yoker." Um, and then everyone was like, "What a dickhead!" Also, <laughs> forget yeah. him. You're cancelled. But it's funny because Warner Brothers like out of nowhere is we've got a new Joker movie. It's Twacking Phoenix now. I was like, "What about Jared Leto? What about him? You've just left him. You've forgotten left about him the in the dirt fan. along with um along with Ben Affleck." But and well, not- no, Affleck wanted to leave. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Affleck so. was like, I don't want to be here. What but- about um, what about the butler? What's his name again? The oh yeah, Alfred. Um, Alfred, who played 
Scar in the in the yes, Lion King yes, movies. Yes, that's right. Him. Him. Him, that guy. Yeah, oh. he got hard done by too. Uh, but that's the subject of today's podcast, if you haven't realized. We're going to be talking huge, about the new Yoka movie. Huge Yoka review. No, Yoka review. Yeah, huge Yoka review. <laughs> yeah, Joker um, review on the podcast. We've got no script today so, because like, obviously we're doing weekly, so that's like four podcast episodes a, a month. Like, right, no, What do you want Netflix us to do? What well. do you actually want us to do? Write four scripts a month. To be honest, like, I've never heard anyone complain no, about me the neither. Me neither. I don't, I think you no know, one's at this even... point, it's a self-indulgent thing. It's more for us. Yeah, really. <laughs> Prove that we're artists. <laughs> we could do it. We so, are pros. Um, no, but next, yeah, next for all the true podcast fans who are dis- disappointed, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have one soonish. We're writing a new Netflix video. It's going to be on Toy Story It's 4. sick as well. It's going to be probably the best video on YouTube. I want to say ever. But and I'm gonna I wouldn't hold be there to disagree with you on that. And say probably the best Toy Story four review. Yeah, maybe wait this, for the finished product yeah, until. But like, yeah, it's it's, it's fair to say right now it's looking that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but firstly, I wanted to read so, out a very amazing email we got from. No, a we'll fan. do that later. We'll do Joker what? first, and then we'll do fans. No, because these people might not want to listen to a spoiler review of Joker, right. will they? You're right. Uh, I'm you sorry. Know, so people are going to tune off at some point. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, there will be spoilers, but we'll say that right to the end so you can have as much content. As much of, as much of us, <laughs> really. So it's from Lou Lux, yes. which is right off the bat an amazing name, Lou Lux. I don't Lou quite Lux believe is it. Good. Um, Lulu. Do people call her Lulu, do you think? Or him? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it might be a man. Their gender. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think there's some sort of Bond, Bond villain. Lulux. No, Lux that sounds more like it's like more of an octopusy type character, <laughs> Lou Lux. Yes. Oh yeah, a cool octopus. Um, yeah. I don't know if she'd be an octopus-themed villain like Octopussy was. Oh right, I, I think. See. She, but she'd be one of those ones where she's like a female. Well, Shall we find out what she said? Yeah, that's. So she said, "So, I was catching up with Bleeding on the Page, and I think it was Max who a few weeks ago now." brought up how he wants to write a script featuring a dinosaur illustrator. It reminded me that I recently picked up a book from the early 70s with a bunch of prehistoric mammal interpretations. I figured I'd share some of the highlights. All the best, Lou. So, yeah, this email was great. Um, cause I did she sent li- in some Lamb Before Time-esque. Yeah, <laughs> le- they were insane. People did not know what dinosaurs looked like. <laughs> we still don't, really. <laughs> but back then, they really didn't. <laughs> but that's what's great about dinosaur illustration. We'll We'll probably post like about our four favorites on Twitter, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's do a tweet. Yeah, we'll do a tweet about it. So if you want to see some of these dinosaur illustrations, get a sense of it. Maybe you'll go, oh, I'll switch over to Twitter now because, you know, you can double app now. That's what's great about That's, phones. I love 2019. Oh, it's, it's just really works out well for everyone. Um, and yeah, what I find so... In, that's what's great about dinosaur illustration and that's what really accentuates that, is accentuated it's, there. It's, a, it's sort of like a mix between creativity and science, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's it. You've got some bones yes. you don't know how it's going to look there's some just... things at the at play which are fact yeah and that's things at play that you can't deny yeah but there's the things that go over the bones that you can have like interpret they've so. got these weird looking like elephants yeah sort of the things. elephants are my favorites yeah, yeah the yeah. elephants are mad with a giant snap it looks like a cross between an elephant and an anteater and then there's a screaming squirrel no, so, it's not squirrel. It's screaming seal. So this is the, when I saw this email and I looked at those drawings. It, it did inspire me, and it made me think about this. Di- you know, if we ever went with this dinosaur drawer, a dr- dinosaur artist as a script, like maybe the foundation of that script needs to be that. <laughs> He's a he's a dinosaur artist in 2019, right? But he's like enraged at how dinosaurs are interpreted, and his interpretation of dinosaurs is like so far out there. So he's an angry man. But he's an angry, so bitter off, he's dinosaur. An angry, bitter dinosaur <laughs> illustrator uh, who doesn't connect with the world and, and, and doesn't believe in it. And what it has to be is like it's a script that's sort of a monologue format that it actually acts as this really bonkers description of what this man's interpretation of the land before time is. Oh, okay, the and movie. No, no, just the world. Oh, the, the land is that before. What they t- call it the land before time. Uh, they might do. I'm calling it that because oh, okay. I think that's quite good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there um, are six, six, seven, eight 
There's maybe, maybe, there might be there's 20 so Land Before Time so, movies. So this embittered dinosaur artist be like, they don't understand. <laughs> Dinosaurs were never this way. The Triceratops doesn't look like that. Everyone knows the T-Rex had nipples. <laughs> like, and it's completely off, completely All mammals wrong. have nipples. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, are T-Rexes mammals? Well, that's part of the probably. question. Probably they answer. are, actually. <laughs> I think they might probably... No, maybe they're aviary, but the birds are mammals, well, aren't they? We need to get some kind of We need to get a sci- scientist in here. Jack's, like, shaking his head. Our producer's just looking at me like I'm an idiot. Birds aren't mammals. Birds are not mammals? No. Leave in the comments whether you think birds are mammals. No, Jack seems <laughs> no, they, pretty they sure eggs. He's right, they can, do. Yeah, can, Mammals give birth directly. Get, can you get a dinosaur expert on the show? Yeah, can we... D- Jack's going to figure out to find out that was right. Come on, they can't be doing much. We're going to excavate this further. We're going to excavate this further. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, excavate. I like that. Thank I you. I very much like yeah, that. Uh, yeah, no, this whole idea screams BAFTA to me. Uh, in uh, many yeah, ways. Angry dinosaur writer. <laughs> because I, I had an idea. Because basically, when you're writing a story, it's a bit of a script. Uh, script knowledge. <laughs> a bit gotta, of script info script here. Script info. You've got to have three acts. So the first act's when everything is, you yeah. know, the way it is. And that's the way life is at the moment. Um, so, so the Tom first wakes act up, is... he gets tortured every day. That's his standard day. Or oh, Tom wakes up, he always. I keep goes thinking to you're work. saying Tom Waits. Tom, Tom Waits. <laughs> Tom Waits, yeah. The musician. So, and then act two is Tom Waits is asked to tour in Afghanistan or he's asked to do something outside his comfort zone. Then there's a whole bunch of drama, a whole, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it on time to the dance. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to, whatever, it doesn't matter. Then act three is, ah, oh, I've solved it now. I'm now in a better place or worse place. Yeah, it could be either. You one. can go either way. All there needs to be is some form of change. So act one is a very frustrated, angry dinosaur illustrator. Now, I think act two could be Go. they find a perfectly preserved dinosaur. Which is exactly it's as exactly he's described. the same as his illustrations. So they go, yeah. they go, what is this? We don't know. And then they find his illustrations and they, they bring him in, give him all the respect that he, you know, was mm. missing from his life. But there's a twist. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, the fame gets to his head. Or what What about if it's like, actually what he's uncovered is like an old timey, like freak show, like amalgam thing that like verifies his drawings, but then he just becomes the laughing stock of the dinosaur community. What, what, what? Why would he become the life? He was right though. That's no, but what... he was wrong because it's an amount. It's like a, it, oh. what it is is like freak show era oh, sewed together. T- yeah, exactly. Oh. Or uh, my thing is maybe it's I like, like that it was his mum. His mum did it his for him. His mum made the fake That's dinosaur. That's quite good. I yeah. like that. Or it could be that he's doing this and he kind of finds someone and he describes himself to them as just a dinosaur, like, knowledgeable man. And that person invites him on to do, like, a talk somewhere. And he goes, does this talk and then obviously he's describing all his dinosaurs and everyone yeah. laughs him out of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he decides to, like, create like me it's like a frankenstein style escalation it could be that as well so he sort of mangles up bits of elephant yeah of dog yeah yeah and it gets really sinister and disturbing dinosaur and you can have a whole bit where he's accumulating the bits yeah yeah disturbing he's going over to people's houses so that's two proposals he's going to the zoo you know that's much better than when we started where it was just like i like a dinosaur you sent us a picture and suddenly we're here tell us what i what sort of way you like better what sort of angle sounded better to you maybe you've got a suggestion let us know email it to us we're lost really yeah, email, with, with the dinosaur script email us at inquiries at nitpicks.co.uk inquiries but, at nitpicks it's funny though because Lou Lux somehow emailed us at nitpicks at gmail.com well so, good for her so she she found a way around she broke the system. through so have, what, find a way of getting to us through Instagram through Twitter um, but also, have you had any other script musings? Well, yes, because remember we were talking about jesters. Yeah, we were. Yeah. For this king, Kel Jester. Yeah, yeah. And I said that jesters probably were made up. I said they yeah. probably weren't real. <laughs> uh, so I did. That was a dumb I did thing about to say. Two minutes that. of research and found that I was in completely wrong. I was an idiot, <laughs> and I should be banned from podcasts. Yeah. Uh, what it what it was is that jesters have been around. There's quite a few diary entries, quite a lot of documentation of jesters, and the what girl, diary entries from jesters. Yeah, yeah. I bet those are good reads. Yeah, exactly. Maybe next week I'll bring I'll bring in some in extracts, extracts yeah. for us to yeah. read some uh, read jester it. diary and entries. It's, it's relevant to Yoka. Yoka. Because yeah. Joker is a bit of a jester himself. Todd Phillips definitely read those diary entries. <laughs> no, he probably <laughs> no, didn't. He didn't, he didn't. Uh, but I was f- 
Uh, I was pretty amazed to find out that the royal family currently has a jester. Which is so, it kind of weird. in the 80s. It just goes to show that the royal ta- family are still so old-timey that they just don't really work today. <laughs> like, what kind of people still need a jester when you've got Netflix? Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I wonder how easy... Will Ferrell's our jester. I wonder jester. how easy he is to contact. Who, the jester <laughs> yeah. of the royal family? Yeah. I bet he's just tinkering about. I no, bet they I don't bet need he lives him. Th- I bet he lives there. And you think he probably the je- does really bad, like, sort of impressions. Do you know, I reckon... I could get the gig as I take the gig as the jester. You would of the be royal a royal jester. Yeah. Right? you would. You'd be happily living in Buckingham Palace. Easy, yeah. yeah. I mooch off you enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you come and do little, half-assed little bits while you're drunk. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Collecting that royal cash. Get pissed. Perform in front of the royal family. It, show waggle my dick around a bit. But it got me thinking because obviously we've had you know, uh, we've had I didn't do it. I didn't do it, and we've had uh, the Tony Blair's first day in hell, and I'm like, oh, they're quite, they're quite modern pieces, mm. and it made me think, oh, what if we were to to do one about the current jester, modern day jester, modern day royals, modern day jester. That's good, actually. Mm, there might be a story. In yeah, there. I'd like, lo- I'd love to do like an anti anti queen thing from a jester's yeah. point of view. Yeah, that, yeah, like you describe the queen in like a really yeah. interesting way. Yeah. That would be good. We should bring in some extracts next time. Yeah. Uh, next week we'll bring in some extracts because that'll be another talkie episode. I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah. Um, we'll bring in some more uh, some extracts to give a read on, and yeah. that'll be good. If you have a, any other jester information, maybe you're related to a jester. <laughs> you know, that'd be cool. What would you like to see a jester do against the queen? Queen. Um, um, probably plot to either sleep with her or kill her. That's where classic storytelling. <laughs> that is where my brain goes immediately. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. anything less than that, and you're just you know. You're I really like quite a lame. There's piece a film of called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and this is maybe slightly off, a bit of an offshoot, but maybe you know you play around with. We play, we've got to play around with all the ideas here. Yeah. But there's something I really liked about Rosencrantz and Guildenstern as a movie where there's the there's a travelling entourage of theatre makers, and back in those days, like theatre was kind of lowbrow. That was people's telly, um, and so they that was. <laughs> <laughs> Travelling theatre the where people's way. telly. <laughs> that's, that's what they said, yeah. But um what I liked is um Rosencrantz and Guildenstern this is this is all uh it's based off like a Hamlet story, but it's like two side characters from Hamlet and what they were doing during Hamlet. It's like a weird comedy. Um and they run into this travelling entourage of theatre theatre people. And they go around all the cities p- putting on little plays for people. And I love how they represent them because they sort of imply that these these guys, this entourage, are sort of like prostitutes and like whoring. And they're like, we'll do anything on stage for money. Like, we'll do anything you need. Just pay us and we'll do it. And there's something really not fun about that. Like, mm. I don't know, may, like if we go back to the King Time era, maybe it's not focusing on royalty, but more focusing on like an entourage of disgusting theatre makers doing mm. kind of d- horrific things as yeah. well, which I think could be quite fun. Mm, that could be quite good. Yeah. Maybe they could be putting on sort of like a modern version of Breaking Bad. Well, well, that's a classic comedy big, The big thing with this theatre entourage was about showing shocking things and sort of appealing to people on the basis Mm. level in order to make money is sort of how they framed themselves. And I quite like that, this idea of artists having to debase themselves during a a sort of, you know, old-timey England era. So this is historic BuzzFeed, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't care. No, it's more like historic. It's more like modern day Vice because Vice started debasing themselves. Right, I see. You know, they they went from well, being, TMI, mate, TMZ. TM, well, TMZ have always been a debased. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, network, I think, right? Um, I mean, yeah, this little split has. We know, we get the point. We get the point. Yeah. Those are some ideas. You, you, there you go. You're welcome. Uh, a, those are the ideas that we are. Currently I did have a, playing. No, with. I did have one more. Okay. As well. That I thought you might find interesting. Okay. Um, I was thinking to myself, I was sort of musing to myself. Yeah, yeah. Laying back, musing to myself. <laughs> you know, as you do, you just muse. Oh, you're always doing you that. Know, I sit down with a, bo- a cup of whiskey and I muse, really. I just muse. You just um, sort of mumble to yourself. But I was thinking, like, what's the statistical statistical probability of the entire planet, at one point, every human being on the entire planet, all blinking at the same time? Yeah. And I thought there's something like really interesting in that where mm. you do like an Amelie style, you know, the opening monologue to Amelie, how like kind of descriptive, descriptive it is. It goes from like, there's a fly flying by and now we're like having with these women having sex. Sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. What if it's like 
a sort of monologue in that fashion, but it's talking about the moment that every human being in the we- in the world like blinked at the same time. So the sort of going so, from person to person, what they were doing in that moment. No, it's more like what happened on Earth in that moment of darkness, where like no one could see anything. What like for a split second? Some, for like a split second. What, yeah. what, what what a bunch of creatures came out. I don't know. I think, the, I think the foundation no of it's got to be kind of like about, built around like Schrodinger's cat, where it's right. like oh, if it's in if it's in the cupboard, like you know, if there's a cat in the cupboard, it's either there or it's not. But like they're ju- so it's just. Sort of like for that 0.05 seconds something incredible happened the, that no one the got to sun see exploded no um, i think that's too simple it's okay. got to go heavier than that but like something everyone like got that. a slight boner everyone got a tiny but no boner. one saw but nobody saw so we're all good yeah, i don't know i kind of like that uh I, I don't know if there's a whole story in that yeah you said that about the dinosaur guy though and look no, where I, we are I actually i didn't i quite like the dinosaur idea yeah but you this, said it with your voice there this, was the energy oh you're just you know projecting your insecurities onto me yeah well you don't do anything to quell them so <laughs> what do you want from me well <laughs> i'm sorry mate you've got to you're quell blinking. my insecurities I, wasn't even, I was quite nice about the blinking idea i didn't even shut it down slightly but I'm you did not, think I, it was shit didn't you i know i just wasn't ecstatic about it <laughs> We've got to be able to share ideas, you know. You've got yeah. to, no. Okay, I mean, you're right. You're right. No ideas are bad idea, but idea, some ideas are worse than others. I don't know what happens while everyone's blinking, but let's sleep, see. You a sleep bit. on it, man. A couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe you know, someone will knows? send us we'll something. Have the best, like, you know. Maybe the gravity changes. Maybe it pulls the Earth slightly out of rotation. Yeah, or maybe like everyone became old wave. in a second. <laughs> everyone became an old person. <laughs> <laughs> everyone rotted and What's died in an instant. And then when their eyes opened, they were fine. All right. Okay. Well, let's. Let's move on to the the heart yeah. of this episode. This is really what you're tuning in for. Yeah, it's going to be a review of Yoka. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to say the name properly from here on yeah. out. It's just going to be Yoka. <laughs> so, so this is going to be the non-spoiler bit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Overall, what did you think, Max? You know, on my on my personal account, without revealing anything to people. Yeah. Um, it's pretty. Uh, it's good. It's fine. It's great. It's, we like it. It, do, it does the job fine. I think there's a lot of people coming out of the woodwork either saying it's like abysmal, or either saying it's like the greatest thing we've ever seen. Uh, I think that's. I think the people who are saying it's the greatest thing they've ever seen haven't seen like the things that it's built off of in a mm. way. Because I think if you if you we'll we'll go on into this in more detail. No, I think we can talk about yeah, that. We, now. Could, we can say that. So um, the biggest thing Joker that- is really quite heavily based off a Scorsese film called King of Comedy. Which they, you know, everyone knows that because yeah. they put Robert De Niro in, in it. it. Who's they in, own who it. Stars they in they own comedy. it. They're clearly aware of it. Scorsese was nearly was nearly born to produce. Nearly born they to said to that he was a producer. But the, then in the credits, credit. no, it no, wasn't there. They said he was nearly a producer. They said he was also in talks for potentially directing, and then it just didn't happen. Oh. Todd Phillips was probably the right guy to bring on as well. Yeah, you he can did tell a great you job. can tell him as a director as well. He like loves Scorsese, so he he and and you're right. Where he took the so best he did parts. War Dogs. He did War Dogs, which is another Scorsese rip-off. And now he's ripped off Scorsese in a different in way. In a different way. He's ripped off a, He ripped off Goodfellas with War Dogs, the easy one. Emotional yeah. way. It's coming in deeper. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think... I think I think you'll devalue the film a bit because we watched King of Comedy before we went into Joker mm. um, out of interest. And I think that will inherently like devalue the, quali- the quality of the film for you. If you go in and it feels fresh to you, then I think you'll enjoy this much more. No, I think I appreciated Joker just as much having seen King of Comedy. I don't think it because it was so it's so different from King of Comedy, but it is quite it is based on it and it know, has got similar that, it's would... got similar aspects to it. I mean King of Comedy is definitely a better movie. Mm. So but like I still think Joker is a good movie. So I think I would say for the first w- two acts is it feels very I think much see like Joker a, and if you like it then watch King of Comedy. Yeah. And you'll like but, that even more. So yeah, um just without spoiler talk, uh what what sort of things did you really like about it? What well, worked for you? Well, at first when they announced it, I was just really like, I was really like, Pfft. I was like, you were you were because we just got Venom with Tom Hardy, yeah, who's a, a you know a serious actor who's usually like you know smashing, yeah, exactly. And then they announced Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. I'm like, oh, what's next? Goblin. Goblin with starring uh, uh, Renee Zellweger. No, no. Do you know who Goblin would star? It would bloody star the guy who played Robin in the Dark Knight movies. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's got three names as well. Yeah, he's got a weird ass name. Um, What's his name? Do you remember? 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, that's what we have is Goblin with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Goblin. Starring Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'd go see that. Uh, or, um, or Catwoman. Catwoman starring Helen Miller- Mirren. It's <laughs> all arty. And it's like, I used to be Catwoman. No, the Catwoman old. starring the woman who plays Q in Skyfall. And the woman who plays Q. Yeah, the, in Skyfall. It's the, a guy who plays Q. Fuck it. M. M. Oh. That's a, no Judy Ju- Dench, yeah. Ju- Catwoman starring du- Judy Dench. That's yeah, what they're going to yeah, do next yeah. for us. So you just you just take a comic book entity, put a serious and then actor, and you put a really serious actor in front of it, and you make um, and you make then but money to and you get nominated for an Oscar, and yeah. you're like, this is not a comic book movie. It's real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was a bit like, because everything DC have been doing since Ever. the Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> is that has, what, yeah, yeah, has been crap. Like <laughs> crap. Um, Aquaman was like. No, it's it's still crap. Yeah, it like, was crap. So I was just a bit like, what are they doing? And also, I mean, I don't understand what they're doing with the universe. I don't think anyone understands it. <laughs> I think they're part. just making movies. I now. think they're just making movies. They're not worrying about universes. Though Joker seems to be hinting towards a sequel. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix said he's up for it. Yeah, of course he uh, is. Of course, because he makes money. Yeah, Warner Brothers. Give so me yeah, another the best thing about this film is... But wait, hang on. Go on, saying, go on, I'm sorry. Yeah, so I wasn't sure at first, and then the reviews came out and they said it was really good. But then when it came to England, everyone's been like moaning about it. Saying it's not good. And I think that is because Joker takes place during a really large part of civil unrest in Gotham City and there's a lot of riots going on and there's a lot of unhappiness and political kind of anger and I think that the main reason why so many British people are like really detached from it and upset with it is it doesn't really have any kind of solutions but the problem with that is that 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 kind of conflict is happening equally in America yeah there's like there's the same types of tensions in America as well like I like I just think like it's just, like people just reach different consensus, but also like, it's not even been just wholly negative in England. It's been a mixed bag. Like, yeah, it's, it has I've seen been positive reviews mixed. on the jo- on Joker as well. I just don't think it's. I don't think this film is like the second coming. I don't think it's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I think everyone got like that with about Spider Verse as well. And I, I don't think those films are like. They're neither, neither of them are like superb. They do things really well though. Like I think Joaquin Phoenix's performance of the Joker and the character of the his Joker. His performance is always really good. Yeah, he's, just he's a, a really great actor. actor. Yeah, and he knows how to do it. And, and like, but role, like the Joker is really interesting in terms of. I think it was Heath Ledger's death that really like cemented it as a performance of the Joker has got to be a really big undertaking for an actor. Because, yeah. I mean, Jack Nicholson just was like, yeah, sure, I'll be the Joker. Mark Hamill was like, yeah, sure, I'll be the... No one's like... They're not like, I locked myself into a room and yeah, I, yeah. like, you know, I had to completely change myself for the role. And that really happened with Heath Ledger. And now there's, like, so much talk about, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, Jared Leto, like, getting into strange headspaces to project this mentally disturbed one individual. Of, one of the things that I really like about with this Joker, just what it's done culturally... Is I think it's really solidified the fact that even like the cinematic Joker is something is is non is not set. It's like even the Joker on the cinema, where we have the capacity to take in loads of different interpretations yeah. that are completely radically different from one another, and still say this is a valid interpretation of the Joker. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really great thing that actually like is 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 happening in cinema overall, but has always been in comics. So I think that's like mm. a really cool thing that it's that's happened off the face of uh, this last Joker movie, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this it looks really beautiful as well yeah uh, the, vi- the gotham's never looked better yeah yeah it really does look great if, if you're a fan of like frank miller comics you'll definitely really be into it I it think. draws a lot from frank yeah. Miller stuff it uh, almost felt like um the the dark knight returns but sort of joker's equivalent yeah to it, yeah it almost felt, it, yeah it definitely had those vibes and i think i think if you're a fan of batman and if if you just like good movies then you should definitely check it out mm. um that is the non-spoiler spoiler review spoiler. i don't know what else we can say about spoiler it's yeah. good like it go good. watch it, it is good like, it's decent if you're interested in it you've probably seen it already and if you haven't what you're doing okay now come back comics, to this after you've like seen it, it or if you don't care and you don't mind it spoiled jack our producer hasn't seen it yet and we're so just we're gonna about spoil to it completely for spoil it for him i'm <laughs> sorry so mate. sorry jack should have got on it sooner yeah we did tell you we did we, we invited you, you. yeah you didn't come <laughs> <laughs> we waited for you we were waiting for we you outside the, whole the first cinema, 10 minutes because of you like, jack literally man i have seen none of it because of you such <laughs> a dig all right yeah so i mean okay so the plot of it we, as we all know, because all the people now have seen it, is he wants to be a stand-up comedian, um, similar to in King of Comedy. Uh, he lives with his mother, who's mentally a bit 
deranged, but senile. He's very broke. He's sort of a clown um, for hire. Um, and as it goes on... And he's got a condition where he's He's got laughing. a condition, which I really like the condition thing, that he has an actual condition which forces him to laugh when mm. he's uncomfortable. And he has a special card, similar to people who have had a stroke, have speech difficulties, that says, sorry, I'm laughing. I've got a brain injury that makes me laugh. Yeah. I really like that. Did you like that? Uh yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a I thought it was a great a uh, fun way of interpreting the character. I think I think it got a little bit he, I, I almost he was almost laughing too much. There were so many scenes of Jack of Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix just laughing all the time, <laughs> which I'm like it, like I got it. Like I did get it. Well, they couldn't make him laugh only a, a couple of times. No, yeah. no, but they could have made him laugh like I, a little I bit. I quite like because basically his character changes. He gets to a point where he's like I think it's after he k- kills he kills some guy, mm. and after that, he seems to change because he doesn't laugh uncomfortably. No, like from that moment onwards, he's like a more confident, charismatic. He, he just thinks joker. that when he laughs, it's because yeah. he finds things funny. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, um, and I think the 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 main thing with Joker is that like it's kind of it's so good in terms of how it's shot and its performances, but like what does it really amount to? Is of actually quite a small and. So, well, I've thought about this, and I think it's like because ultimately, as it goes on, it's this descent. It's sort of this descent, even though he's already quite fucked up, but he he so he does sort of get worse. It's this descent into this mania and this kind mm. of resentment, and the way that comes about then is he ends up just killing people that have fucked him off. Yeah. Um. And I think once you got to that point, there was nowhere else for his character go, to go, and there was nowhere else for the for the plot to really go. And it's very definitive when he's going around killing people. Mm. Um, and I don't think it. And I think once he gets to that point, you stop being able to get much insight into his character. Yeah. And then, and that's the sort of problem is like the first two acts are like insight into his personality and his character and his background. By the time we get to the last act, he's sort of killing people, like just killing people very loosely and yeah, relaxedly. What, so- but we're not. We we don't really get into where that's coming from, what that is really motivated by, or even what he's exactly trying to achieve. I, I guess other than being inflammatory or being controversial, yeah, what, and I'm like that's quite simple. Why does he kill his his clown mate who gave him the gun? Is it because he sort of sees him responsible as giving him you the know, gun? You know, this is it. The signal. So he kills one of his mates who gives him a gun. You've already seen it. This is a spoiler part. Why I'm explaining <laughs> it to you. <laughs> but you get one of his mates gives him the gun, and 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 he's kind of bitter at him. But the guy seems to be like friendly to him. Did he sell him out? Is that was that the guy who sold him out? Uh, basically, is that why he kills him? No. Because he, he wasn't there. He wasn't even at the hospital. No, no, but the guy on the phone calls him up and goes, oh, someone said that uh, you like were buying a gun or something, and that's why, and like you're like shady, basically. Yeah, but I don't feel like it's enough to warrant mm. him killing him. Yeah, and it just wasn't signified. So that dynamic like, wasn't signified. It felt like they were like, Joker kills people. He's nuts. He's bananas. I He's got to kill someone at this point. Here's so the they pop- just threw it in. Here's the issue is like, Joker can fra- frame itself so closely to like King of Comedy and King of Comedy is like much more creative with his mania. Yeah. It's like, because in King of Comedy, instead of killing the talk show host, because it does get to a point where he is actually inter- is built around a talk show host as well, yeah. more directly. King of Comedy is like Robert De Niro is obsessed with being a stand-up comedian and he's obsessed with being on this late night talk show. So him and a woman who's equally obsessed with him kidnap the host and like threaten to shoot him unless Robert De Niro is a guest on the show but what's great about it is it works and he is put on the show and he does his stand up and it actually gets laughs and then after he serves prison time he's like a big celebrity yeah and so and the interesting thing of that is when you have the character kidnapped and you have Robert De Niro in direct contact with him in the way that he is it's like it's like you're you're getting more of his character as he's interacting with the talk show host because these people are pinnacle. Yeah. Whereas with the Joker, it's like these characters like his mother, the talk show host, Robert De Niro's character, are all pivotal to his psyche and he just erases them. Mm. So there's nowhere else for it to go. And I guess that's the, that's what we're signifying is him embracing the darkness. Yeah. But like once the, once it's there, he's just there, and it doesn't mm. feel like there's a completed goal for his character. Yeah, yeah, because it's a it's an origin movie for Joker, but he's still quite he's not quite there yet. He's not the clown prince of crime yet. No, he's not. Our, <laughs> he's not about to go and do like poison the waterhole or you know kidnap the mayor or uh, bring out laughing gas and mutilate 
people he's not at that level yet in his in his career so it's not a full origin it's kind of more about how he became a symbol in Gotham yeah. I would say yeah yeah you get little moments of it and I just think like why do people like watching Joker in films or reading about the Joker what is it about his character that makes us go see the Joker you know for the fifth time now well, yeah you know and it's because he's doing all that stuff and he's because he's such a mastermind at crime and because we don't see any aspects of that we just get Joker as in a deranged man who yeah. laughs a lot, who's dressed like a clown. Yeah, it almost takes so away not... some of the mystique of his character. Joaquin and... Phoenix is doing a great job, but like his character isn't really that insanely detailed or fascinating or complicated, really. Yeah, because almost it's like it's like it wants to delve into the psyche of the character, but also it's held back by the fact that it's built off a comic book character who at his core is not that complex. Yeah. He's sort of more of a signifier of he's more of a he is more sort of symbolic as a sort of signifier mm. of, of chaos and a countenance to the desperation for sort of Batman's want for justice. Mm. Um and so like and then the problem is, is like the delving into like the background of his character, the psychology of his character, and learning about that. It's not what we're getting with him is not something that we haven't really seen before. It's mm. like the actual kind of part where we're getting the sense of Joker's character. It it doesn't feel that unique. It feels as an interchange. It you know I feel like you could watch better versions of that in something like Nightcrawler mm. or King of Comedy. Yeah, or Taxi Driver. Or Taxi Driver. Where or actually, Cape like, Fear. Cape Fear. Yeah. You know, all, scores, all three <laughs> Scorsese films where Robert De Niro's obsessed and he kills people. Yeah, like those, those feel like much more dynamic and kind of articulate, delving into what obsession's about. So mm. it, it doesn't feel as strong as that. So then the only thing that I think it has going for it is that you've got the Joker, who is fun to see in the simplest terms. He's just sort of fun to watch uh, to some extent. And it looks very pretty. Mm. And Joaquin Phoenix is doing a good job. But then I, the script doesn't feel like it's offering enough to me that's mm. like really new or really stimulating for me to go, this is amazing, this is really spectacular. Because to me, what, what sort of made me think it was going to lead into a sequel was the fact that they do Batman's origin at the end. That yeah. they have they have Tom Thomas and Martha Wayne be shot right at the end of the film to sort of and I'm like well that's like that's like the open that's like the start of something mm. and it's like a reinterpretation of his origin in a lot and, of ways and then this is what I mean is like in so a I'm way like what where's where's it going to move from here at this point because Joker is how old like fifty. <laughs> yeah, and Bruce well, Wayne's he might like be in a, his forty. Yeah. I mean, he's just—he's very Bruce Wayne's a kid. Well. Yeah, like where? How is this going to fit into the Batman canon? I don't really understand because Joe Joke is going to be like sixty. By well, the, the time idea is Batman. it was always intended to be sort of a lone movie. But then, why itself. do they even put Batman's origin in it? Exactly. Well, the, the, and and this is it in a way is like it's almost like. It's like the the more serious parts of the movie are restrained by the fact that it still is owning the fact that it is a comic book movie. Like it doesn't detach itself entirely from its comic book heritage, which for me as like a comic book nerd, I quite like and I don't mm. mind. But as a fa as someone who likes film and like really looks at film as as a unique thing, I'm like, it's it's. It, it's detracting from the story they're really trying to tell with the Joker. Mm. Bringing in Bruce Wayne and bringing in, you know, Thomas Wayne and all of that is kind of fun nods, but it doesn't really seem to contribute that much. Him, there's a whole sequence where Joker thinks that um, Thomas Wayne is his father, yeah. um, and that sort of contributes to his resentment of of people. But it didn't need to be there, and I think it meant that we ended up spending more time than we needed to Thomas, with people like Bruce Wayne and Thomas yeah, Wayne. Yeah, Thomas Wayne's a dick in this movie as yeah. well. I don't mind Thomas Wayne being a dickhead necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I just like it. I just it's like twenty percent like Gotham, Arkham Asylum, like Thomas Wayne, like you know some some odes to Frank Miller in there. You know that I got really excited about and I really enjoyed, and all the stuff where he's in full Joker and he's like shooting shooting the guy on like on TV but but the other stuff which is more of a like you know art house kind of film is actually quite it's quite standard you know it's good but it's not like particularly enthralling if you took out the fact that this was Joker 
and you took out like if you took out the fact that it's Joker and you removed the comic book thing and you just told this story without those elements and it's just a man become becoming this symbol and you sort of try and tell that story yeah it wouldn't fly as strongly like people no. I don't think people would respond to it as strongly as they because it's, it's built into the film really to be honest like it is just like the best a Joker origin movie probably could be well it's the without, best it has been I yeah. don't know if it could be it is well, the best it it's could still, be it's still a good origin for the Joker but I didn't really want a Joker origin movie so maybe it's just so maybe I just never would have liked a Joker origin film mm. because it's like I would uh, the inter- the most interesting part of his origin I would like to have seen is him building up his sort of goons and getting better at like being able to be a villain a criminal and seeing what drives that I mean all the stuff to do with him going more and more insane is like kind of interesting but- and, and there's something to be said as well and I also think the way that this doesn't seem to culminate in anything that feels massively coherent. It feels more like, in the end, Joker's plunges his things into chaos and people treat him as a symbol. And that's kind of the end of it. And I think, like, the reason it couldn't go anywhere else is because there's no... Like, Joker relies on Batman. Like, you need exactly, a dichotomy. Yeah. You need... Uh, Batman's, like, that perfect challenge to Joker. And he needs that challenge for there to... F- for that to feel like things can change, ultimately. Mm, mm. But, like, Joker always... Like, from the beginning, he, like is miserable and angry and in the end he just decides to run with his anger and misery yeah it's not really a rise and fall no and it's not really a delve into madness because he doesn't really go that mad yeah and and the sequence is like you know actually to have like a lot of impact it's like it's also a 15 as well yeah so i think like the sequences weren't disturbed enough they weren't mm. like dark enough in a way to really give you an impact like yeah, when he's yeah. killing people doing something evil you know where he's doing something cruel those didn't translate to me as particularly like horrific necessarily mm. because they're not filmed in such a way that they're the horror is being I liked, massively i liked all the gunshot i liked when people got shot it was yes. really satisfying yes it was it, it was really well done you know no, there's no parts of this film which i would say are poor you know there's no. no parts which are bad i just think we both feel like it should have been turned up a bit there and were no it's points a little that bit it's a little predictable. bit too it's a little bit too like sort of low energy for like a comic book movie about the joker i think because it goes into like his parentage and and there's like all these subplots about him trying to him trying to get get hold of um get hold of the guy and be be on the show and i'm just like and it's a bit and it's a bit hackneyed to be an effective psychological thriller as well exactly like it's not it's not distinctive enough to be a really efficient psychological thriller by its own merit either because in the original um batman film with jack nicholson they make jack nicholson the guy who shot yeah. His pa- Bruce Bruce Wayne's parents, and I thought that was because you know the Joker Batman relationship is so strong in the comics. That's the only way they could make it so like their their like dichotomy and how much they hate each other into a film. And then I thought they were going to do a similar thing with making them like half brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't actually go for that. It was just a ruse. It was just a ruse. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think. I think overall, Joker is a good movie that should be watched and should be enjoyed. And I think it's a very good blueprint of how to do a Batman film tonally and aesthetically. Yeah, because the thing is, I left it going, I would like to see more films that feel like this. Yes, exactly. But I want them to take it further. I want them to say that. Like, it had that essence of it's still a blockbuster that's playing it safe and trying to appeal to as many people as possible, despite the fact that it it was sold as something else. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I don't know if it would... I don't know if it's really saying much as well. Yeah, uh, well, like I, so I like, so I think, I think it does a good job at tying itself into, you know, I think it was appealing to me in terms of like actually offering some insight into modern day um, politics and kind of the sociological system that's happening. Like it was quite nice to see that that hate towards like rich people i'm just glad it's back i'm glad we're yeah. making movies where yeah. we're hating rich people even again. if they are set in the 80s even if they're set in the <laughs> 80s but like it's like they know it's coming out for yeah. modern days they're they're there to draw parallels to today yeah um and thomas wayne is sort of being framed as a bit of like a subtly it's not on the nose mm. very much but a bit of a trumpian figure yeah and that's what they're doing with the kind of rich and wealthy and the poor i, li- I like that i really coding. like i really like that but what are they but saying? it all gets it's sent like, it gets sent yeah, spiraling when it's like people are supporting it? a man massacring yeah, people exactly it just it got a bit maybe we should start killing the rich <laughs> maybe mean, that is what it's saying that's maybe <laughs> what i'm taking down from it because yeah yeah um but 
you know, I liked it. And then it sort of ends, and and it sort of ends open ended as well. Oh it? yeah, because it ends with it basically the last. It has the whole movie. I don't know if anyone else has got this as well. But there's the entire film, and then it fades to black, and then it fades up, and Joker is in Arkham Asylum sitting down and he's talking to his therapist who was in there earlier i don't know why she would be at the prison um and he start he starts singing a song i think what does he do no yeah, he, he just laughs singing. and goes like you wouldn't get it yeah no he, and then he starts he starts lip syncing to a song or oh something. yeah maybe yeah. he does yeah and, and then uh, he, and then he runs away when he's got blood splashed footprints so implicating that maybe he's killed her and because it ends with him in Arkham Asylum being locked up, and the last shot before that was him not in police custody, he was with people, the whole thing could have just been his, like, overactive in his imagination. In his mind. In his mind. Yeah. So maybe maybe all of it was just a fantasy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm alone in that theory. Well, when they make a sequel, it won't be. That's what I said to you. <laughs> Whether it's in the in his head or not, when they make the inevitable sequel, it won't be. And I uh, said, yeah, the sequel's going to be set in the 90s and it's going to be called Penguin. Peng, penguin. Penguin, set in the 90s. Yeah, because the other thing is, is like, I kind of want to spend more time in this Gotham but I also feel like if we start to make more films in this in this yeah, world, I don't want Baby Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I, I've also got the feeling that we're going to get fur, it's going to just be further diluted. And yeah. It's going to start trying to appeal more massively to audiences, and suddenly we're going to we might bring in Batman into the world. Da, 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 da. And actually, like I don't even know if like if we continue on this wavelength, whether it's going to be like as strong anyway. At Joker this point, two. Who's laughing now? So, where would you rank Joker? In like, if you all the Batman say, movies, I, I wanted you to. I was thinking of getting you to rank like out of all the superhero movies, but oh, well, all but, the like, superhero broadly, movies. Broadly, where would you position it compared to like other ones? Would, would you think you could give a roundabout? Because I'd put, I'd it, put like, it solidly under, in the I'd, middle. I put it under Watchmen. Under Watchmen, yeah, and above every other Zack Snyder superhero <laughs> film, <laughs> <laughs> I put it right there. Yeah. Yeah, I put it above what's, what's Dark Knight one? Rises. What's number one? Um, probably the Dark Knight. Yeah, I mean the probably Dark, Dark Knight, Knight is like really probably good. definitely the strongest or, superhero yeah, film. Yeah, or you know, um, I wouldn't put it near that. It's in the solid seven out of ten category. Yeah, I, I, it's more of a six out of ten for me. I'd Ooh, say harsh. it's just because it, it, it's not even harsh. It's like six out of ten is good. Harsh, six man, out of ten is good. Harsh. But also like King of Comedy is like so much distinctly better. Yeah, and like the things that make Joker that's why unique. That's an eight out of ten. That is an eight out of yeah. ten. Yeah, the the things that make Joker unique, like other things that King of Comedy do, does, but better, like the flashbacks and the playing with perception. Yeah, they fight club the Joker at one point with his girlfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, that bit is dumb. Yeah, let's talk about that really quickly. Yeah, last, last point. Go on, this bothered you. Last the most. point is <laughs> welcome to what bothered me the most. <laughs> the most was he basically is obsessed with this girl that lives in his building. Um, he's obsessed with her and there's loads of scenes where you know they're kissing and they're hanging out and they're sitting together and you're like wow he's actually got a girlfriend that's quite good well done mate um, and then he goes into her apartment and she goes I think you've got the wrong room where are you going uh, and he's like oh you know I had a bad day and right then in that moment I thought oh wow all those scenes with her before have just been in his head that's really clever that's really cool but then they flash back and show all the scenes with her with her there then there's a, like a little effect like in Fight Club and then Joker's <laughs> standing there on his own <laughs> and yeah, like with yeah. all the scenes with her before just a really hammer it into your head it was in his head guys he was making yeah, it up do you see do you see now he's insane uh, I just was like I yeah. thought this was an art house film <laughs> I thought I was going to be treated it was like never an going intellectual to be. it was never going to be that though and like you know it's it's funny if you put it into the fra it's, the problem is it's, uh, it's got one leg in one place and one leg in the other so if you put if you put it into the framework of a comic book movie it's a pretty good comic book movie if you put it into the framework of just like a movie and you compare it to all the other movies it's like it's, it's alright yeah, it's, it's fine all right. it's fine yeah. it's classic it's classic Todd Phillips quality. War Dogs is as good as Joker. <laughs> Star is born. Hangover, the trilogy yeah. is like pretty good comedy. Can you really say that ten. Todd Phillips has made an outstanding film yet? Has he made like the? Well, I haven't his, seen Star is Born. So maybe no, that, Star is Born might be yeah, lit. It might be really. I good. don't know if I'd like it that much, but it might be really good. 
So, you know, six out of ten, though, I definitely think it's worth watching. It's oh, definitely yeah. worth owning. And, and we've had Scorsese come out and say that these... these he hates Marvel. These aren't real cinema. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like roller coasters, <laughs> yeah, not Yeah, theme parks. And then Jennifer Aniston came along as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the problem is the best... <laughs> Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Who'd been in, who'd been in fucking crying Adam because, Sandler movies. Just crying <laughs> because no one would put her in a Marvel film. They're just not intellectual enough. <laughs> like, bro, like, you were like... Go with her. I I'm think it's sorry. The movie. Yeah, if only they made films like Bruce Almighty. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> yeah we just need some more films like Bruce Almighty. Jennifer Aniston films. We just need some more Jan. More Even Jan. These are the most popular films ever in existence. <laughs> Do you think there's anyone out there who's like favorite actor Jennifer Aniston? I hope not. <laughs> yeah. I used to have a huge crush on her as a kid, but I have gone off her since. Yeah, since she <laughs> shat on your movie. <laughs> <laughs> shat on my marble. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Scorsese's comments though? What's your opinion I on that? I think he's an old man. Yeah. He's just like your grandpa. I think the best he's rebuttal a- to that is well, they can't be roller coasters because they are movies. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Sadly, they are movies. Yeah. You might not like them and you might not hold them to a higher standard. They are still movies. Yeah. We can't just say something's not a movie Scor- when it is a movie. Sorry, Scorsese. But, um, I re- Scorsese but I re- has but I never g- made like big budget like, the, the thing blockbuster is, movies anyway. The so. thing is, I do understand... Wolf of Wall Street was pretty big budget and blockbustery, I swear. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, the thing is, is like, like I understand what he means. And I do see, like, the problem is, is like cinema has essentially changed and directors like Scorsese and Tarantino, like... Can't keep up. The place, well, the place for them in cinema is lessening and lessening. And that, and that, and that's really what's happening is like, he's, he's right in a way that the Marvel films are more like roller coasters because they are like events. Everyone goes and sits through them about once, generally, and yeah. won't rewatch them that much and goes, that was great for that time. But like films are able to do that and still be films. Yeah. So that that would be like my sort of Wizard general of Oz, that. that's not a movie. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> it's like, you know, but here's my question. Are virtual roller coasters movies or roller coasters? <laughs> you know those roller coasters at Disney. Well, they're certainly not and roller it's a coasters. Screen and it's moving. Yeah, is that a film or a roller coaster? Could, Maybe we should ask Martin Scorsese. I think it's an audiovisual piece. I don't think it's a film. So you're saying they're avant-garde art here. I'm you're saying, saying they're installations. Multi, you're saying that entertainment is what I would say. Good for you. That's I'd say they're I'm films. <laughs> I'm committed 4D yeah. bring back 4D where they're spraying smells in our faces and shit yeah. that's yeah. what I want that's what the Marvel movie should start doing yeah. is start doing spraying 4D. smells move the it. seats a bit <laughs> and rumble I've them I've always loved 4D I remember I went to Legoland once <laughs> they do 4D cinema there you said that that's with like the confidence the of the age you would have been when you went to well, Legoland well yeah exactly I've, I've regressed now to my childhood <laughs> I can see you're a little <laughs> tiny and small and they drop snow in the cinema see that's what I want with my Marvel bit. movies yeah exactly I want my Marvel I'm like yes okay they are rose coasters let's take it further let's go bring yeah. back 4D smellogram <laughs> I want I want rumble chairs yeah. <laughs> I I, every time Iron Man launches I want to smell <laughs> diesel I want when the, uh, Captain America throws his uh, shield at like high velocity yeah. I want a huge bar of metal to land in my chest and no, break cave in my lungs they just use a wind machine they wouldn't do something like, like that like it's flying past me yeah, that, yeah. yeah I'd be here for that yeah that, that, I'm 100% I'm not even being ironic I'm there for that yeah okay. that is probably what the Marvel movie is. that's where need. we're going that's the future that's the future anyway. of cinema Anyway, thank you so much uh, for listening to our thoughts on Yoka did you agree with Yoka did you disagree with Yoka and next week we're talking about Breaking Bad, so get excited for that. Oh, does that mean I have to watch all of Breaking Bad? No, it... no. Oh, good. It's not that. It's not that deep. We're we not need that your layman's. You, you need want your, my layman? Yeah, you need your, I don't know much about it. Anyway, okay, cool. Thank you thank so you much very for listening. Much. Take care. We'll Bye. tune in later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.